Hi, my name's Elijah and welcome to The Roots Podcast, an interview channel that shares the stories of people in hospitality, whether it be in the restaurant, out in the field, or those in the media. It's a retrospective look on the passion, ambition, and drive involved in a competitive industry. Roots Podcast is proudly supported by Sydney Direct Fresh Produce, the fruit and veg supplier led by Luke Kohler, who has provided Sydney with some of the best and local produce since he was 16 years old and still smashing it out today. Ben Sears once worked at an Airbnb cooking for 12 people, alongside Annalise Gregory and Marco Pierre White. When I asked him why on earth would they pay all these chefs to cook for so little people, he responded, I don't know, to see what you could do with way too much money, I guess. And when we reflected on our experience in hospitality, it seems as though you could throw that statement around a lot. We talk about Ben's wildest experience as a chef, which was celebrating down in Melbourne for the financial review, to which he vividly remembers haggling Andrew McConnell a bit before heading back into the crowd. We talk about opening and closing venues like Moon Park, catering gastros of apple terrines for the Australian Open, and why bougie venues like Voodoo Monde and Shell House probably feel homely to some very, very rich people. It's a great light-hearted chat that follows Ben's career highlights all the way to now, but it's important to note that I talked to Ben back in December of 2021, and since then he has finished up his time at Ezra. So I hope you enjoy the chat. Like we do lunch and dinner on Saturdays and Sundays, so like yeah, there's just you can't prep while you're doing service. There's not enough space, so like right. that's just not. There's just stuff that you can't do, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> oh, well, on a weekend. Yeah, there's just like like you try and be ambitious and you just end up being in the shit. And <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's the same thing at uh, at Yellow. We like obviously we do, obviously we do um, lunch and dinner. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's like same thing. It's like when you've yeah. got like minimal chefs, it's like you just push hard Wednesday to Friday, and just pray to God that like, of course you're always gonna have a little bit of prep you got to do. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But uh, all the big shit, if you leave that for a Saturday, it's like. You fuck, you're, you're fucked that's yeah. why it's fun always getting a new chef in as well because it's like ha- has to train you to put that message forward to that chef so it's like you, you already know this you're like your, your yeah, team yeah, already yeah. know this but it's like but then you get to that weekend and you're like fuck you make sure you have to tell them to like soak something the night before so it's easier to do yeah, or yeah. get something fucking cooking or whatever it is and it's just like and if you, sometimes if you're you're so chaotically busy and you just forget them to tell that one little thing you get to that weekend you're like <laughs> it is pretty good it is pretty good but no nah, look honestly I'm glad you had a break I wasn't sure whether Bentley was gonna was gonna do that because I saw restaurants left right and centre like even Shell House like yeah, they yeah, called yeah. off the newsy which is like big call that fucking crazy that was a big call man like I was not expecting that they poured so much money into opening that and, and the big push so yeah but did you see the big article in the in the there was a big article in the Herald yesterday about they they had a they had the wedding for the fucking PR girl or something. Well, who did? At Show House. Yeah. So their PR, whatever, whatever she does, marketing or something, they had her wedding at Show House, like, the first week they opened. And it was, like, a fucking super spreader event and everybody... That's why everybody everybody had it. Really? I didn't yeah, hear yeah, about yeah. that. There was a... It was a... I think it was in the paper yesterday. It's still online, if you have a look. Fuck. It's like... It's like Wedding of Dreams turns into a restaurant nightmare or some fucking shit like that. <laughs> so it's a bit of a slam, a slam article. Oh, not, not not that. Just a just a like, holy fuck! Look what happened. Article. Little bit of probably a little bit of hubris or something. Like people enjoy that sort of 
a little bit, I think. But yeah, wow. it was pretty. That's so what? So unfortunate. She had the, but she had the wedding the first week. Show house opened. Oh yeah. Oh, first or second week or something. Fuck. Like the actual restaurant. Yeah. 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 Shit. That's, yeah. That's why. That's why all the fucking staff have. Even even like the guys who run it and stuff, they all went to the wedding, so they all caught it as well. Like wow. they all, yeah, every fucking every. What a stitch up! <coughs> yeah, and then that's that. <laughs> For the next, it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like open a fourteen million dollar restaurant for two weeks and then have to close. For the biggest night of the year, probably. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Or just like getting the amount of work that it takes to get a restaurant up, and then just close in like two weeks. The the amount of times you've seen that as well is fucking like it happened at Margaret's, didn't it? They were supposed to open like Yeah, 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 yeah. And like society in Melbourne never opened for like for what, like five days of trade or something and then And then old mate ducked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know, like so I guess that would have probably been the reason for them as to why they didn't open. Not for the not for the safety of the patrons, it was more just the behind the scenes. Well, yeah, I guess everybody Everyone's fucked. You can't, you can't like fill out a roster, can you? So, yeah, right. Especially. Well, I wasn't sure because I think I, it. I think it'll be different now that they've changed what a now that they've changed what a close contact is. It might be a bit. Which is just also maybe. like makes me more annoyed than anything. Like I can't like you don't get caught up in just complaining about how no one knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just kind of have to take it as it is. But like, I remember having to isolate when I tested negative. And you'd, even if you were just a close contact, you'd like isolate for two weeks and have to test like three or four times, even if yeah. they're all negative. Whereas now it's like, even if you're a close contact, someone positive, it's like, yeah. just monitor symptoms, you'll be fine. It's like, ah, oh, we probably could have done that from the beginning, eh? It's just, just a cough, bro. <laughs> yeah, or, oh, I don't know. It is different now. It is different now that everybody's vaccinated and stuff. Like, it is, yeah, I, it's, I'm glad I don't have to make the decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Like, do you know what I mean? I'm glad I, it's not me who's like, no, no, stay open or yeah, do yeah, this yeah. or do that. Because it's, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to... But is these, this is the same owner that do Bistro Rex. So Nick and Kirk, who are two of the owners here, they used to... Oh, they used to? They used to be a part of Bistro Rex and then they sold out and the money that they got from selling out of that is what they used to open this. Oh, really? But everybody, oh, right. everybody's still friends and it's... It's just around the corner, and yeah, yeah, yeah. When we run out of napkins or something, that's, what, that's who we, that's who we run to. Well, that, that's what yeah, I was wondering because I'm like, yeah, yeah. I wonder how often if you ever need staff or whatever, they're just like, you know. Yeah, no, it's not the same. Not, it's like not that. the same business. No. Yeah, right. No, no stuff. No poaching. Yeah. Oh, they're not poaching. Just like <laughs> yeah. positive case out. No, and like, no, hey, no borrowing even. Oh, yeah, borrowing. I think I, d- I don't think anyone has anyone to borrow to. <laughs> well, that's I, what I, I mean. Don't even think like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, Bentley guys. I'm sure everyone's. I'm sure everyone's pretty skeleton. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, like, Borrow. Yellow and Monopole closed. And then everyone's kind of been relocated around Cirrus and, and Bentley. Yeah. So it's just been kind of mixed and matched over there. Rear. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on that, mate. It's his bloody passion project. It's his uh, charcoal chicken. Oh, the charcoal it? fish of, of the, the Nylon world. Is it? Oh, I mean, it is. Every uh, every big chef has that kind of project. I didn't, know, I didn't know it was his passion project. I well, I mean, just, I, I, I thought won't. they were just trying to think of something to do. I mean, yeah. look, I'll, I won't say that it's like his passion project. Like, this yeah, is what yeah. he's always wanted to do before Bentley. Because yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to have a pizza place. But, like, I feel like after a while, like, every yeah, yeah, big yeah, yeah. chef 
wants to just kind of have a bit of a break and have something more fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, who is it? So, like, Josh Nolan with his shark or fish. Uh, Noma have their burger project. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. even Neil Perry has the... Yeah, yeah, the burger, burger joint, stuff, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, that's what I mean. If, I don't know, like... Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying everyone does it, but, like, every now and then, like, oh, fuck. Just have something fun, easy, yeah, yeah. pizza, whatever. I just want one to do a kebab place, that's all. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. I'd love that, man. Matt Lindsay did a kebab. Did he? The shawarma, shawarma one. Oh, that's him. fuck. There, there you go. go. That's sick. Yeah, there you go. Is this still kicking? Oh, I think it's still there. Yeah, right. And then... Who, does anyone own the Jimmy's Falafel? Uh, is that isn't that Maryvale? Yeah, that's Maryvale. Ma- that's Maryvale. But that's not any kind. It's of not specific. like a. It's not like a chef. Or anything. Oh right, right, right. I was because Jimmy Grant's was George Calambaras. That was his super lucky place, wasn't it? Was that? But he had a little shit down in Melbourne, didn't he? Yeah, but he had a couple up here as well. There was one Did in, he? There was one in Newtown. How many of them were liquidated or like didn't happen? All of them. I think. All of them? Yeah, I think they're all gone. Fuck. Oh, maybe a couple. Yeah, I don't know. I don't they, know. Were, they always say one place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, something must have... At least one of them must have been busy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, first of all, so I remember hearing uh, and reading the, the time you spent at Andrew McConnell's place. Yeah. And had I knew I was going to end up talking to you, I would have bloody... Because he came and did a mix-up at, at Yellow, uh, Yellow Events, Presents, dinner, whatever, like a year ago or something. This is way before I do all my podcast. But um, I remember you here. I remember you saying that um, you had a lot of fun times, like working there. But it was also quite chaotic. Your, your time there, in terms of like how like busy it was, just like the volume, just like also because I remember you also making uh, uh, differences to like because you were pastry there. So I worked for Andrew at three one two, which was no one really remembers now, but it, that was like <laughs> a kind of one of his earlier restaurants, a small kind of. I don't know what it was, maybe like 55, 65 seater in um, Carlton on uh, Drummond Street. And then uh, he closed that and opened Cutler and Co. And that was, I think for everyone that was like, holy shit, what the f- this is fucking wild. Pardon my language, but that was, it was like, oh, that's funny. To, yeah, go, okay. to go from like a 65 seater to whatever Cutler and Co. was doing, 100, 149. And still like that two or three hat standard, whatever. Yeah, it was it was hectic. <laughs> it was hectic. <laughs> what well, good, good, and and yeah, a lot of people came out of that kitchen. I think that whether whether that's coincidental or just dumb luck, or if there's something you know, yeah, right, about that you know, diamonds get fucking formed under pressure. Bullshit. Stuff that, yeah. yeah, that that <laughs> motivational shit that everybody loves posting on Instagram pages and stuff. Like, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. there is something to it because there's. There's a lot of people come out of that kitchen who are very good chefs now. So. But like when you when you think back to that time and, and you and you think about what like I've repressed everything. It's you have, <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. When you go through it, you're like, fuck. No, no. Well, sorry, you wake yeah. up from the nightmares. No, that's fine. No, no, I haven't. What were you going to ask? No, no, no. Well, I'm just thinking about like this this specifics because it's like when you when I reflect back to a kitchen as to why it was like just going down all the time, combination of you know being like still learning and experiencing and fucking being a better chef myself but also the kitchen itself is quite tough in terms of how much there is to do as opposed to yeah like how little like you got a lot of responsibility on one section there's a lot to do like i don't know if like there's if there's specifics that kind of call out to you as to why it was like so 
hard or if there were some nights where it was just like one specific thing was like fuck I can't believe that just happened like yeah I think it was just mainly it was just scale like just there was just there was just always so much to do it was one of the only places where I've never I don't think I even bothered writing prep list most days it was just like make <laughs> just make as much stuff as you can all the time between like 10 in the morning to when we, whenever we opened at 5.30 or whatever it was 6 is that, then, is that literally the mindset? Was, was just yeah, like, it was just like make as much stuff as you can. Because you'll run out like, of it anyway. Whatever, whatever you make <laughs> is going to be gone by like tomorrow night, best case scenario. That's crazy. So just like, just make as much stuff as you can, basically. I, don't, I can't say I've ever worked at a place where that's the, that's the thought. So that yeah, sounds yeah. pretty fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, in a way it's kind of, it's kind of freeing because you don't have to worry about like, oh, should I make this? Or is it gonna, do you know what I mean? There's always like... <laughs> Oh, I don't want to get too far ahead on stuff. That was never that was never any issue. Yeah, I don't, right. I don't think anyone was ever too far ahead. <laughs> nobody, yeah, nobody ever looked. Nobody ever looked boxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember you talking about one thing you had to make was like this, like apple terrine business. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah. we had to do the same thing. I'm, I'm sure that's probably where Brent got the similar idea. I mean, not that Andrew McConnell th- invented apple terrines, but I think it's actually an old um, John George thing. John, oh really? Yeah, John George von, von Richten started it. Yeah, well, right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Bit yeah. of history. The history, fucking hell. Showing my age. <laughs> yeah, but like they, they had to do that at Yellow when I first got there. They were doing apple terrine, like burnt yeah, onion yeah. and Davidson plum. Oh yeah. Or whatever. So and I was like, ah, oh, I remember that being like a bitch. Like yeah. whenever there was only ever an alicart. Oh no, for a small period of time it was on the dig. Um, uh, I think he did it. But it was mental. Like that takes. He did it for a function of 120 people at the at the Australian Open one year, and that was that was a wild week. Like, that was crazy. Crazy, just like, just like full gastros of layered apples, like baking, and I'm just like, <laughs> Andrew's like, I have no. Does it work in a gastro? I'm like, to be honest, I've absolutely no idea. I really hope so because it's like four hours of fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> if that fucks up, if it collapses yeah. on you, like you're gonna be mad. I'm gonna be sad. Like, <laughs> did it fuck up? No, it worked. Oh, really? It yeah. Oh, as if you wouldn't have been fucking open the oven every fucking 15, 20 minutes, just double checking all the time, pressing it down, making sure. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, and then you, you have, have to hope for the best. It's like blind baking. Sort you know? of thing as well, where it's like you make it two days before and then press it and stuff. So if it doesn't work, it, it just it's not, it's, <laughs> it becomes a, a hot mess. That's how deconstruction was invented, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. What was it? But what was his portion size was giving to these people? Was it like two like centimeters? Three centimeters? Portion. It was pretty decent. Right. So, like licorice size. bread thickness. We're talking about like. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty similar actually. Oh right, that kind of yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's pretty mental. Yeah, it was a lot. Fucking hell. It was a lot. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that was, that's the sort of thing I mean. Like some some days it was just like it doesn't. Don't worry about like just make just make things just make <laughs> things as fast as you can and then pressure makes diamonds. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, how long how long were Andrew McConnell's for? Oh, working for him at the at the two venues? Uh, three years. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I worked at I worked at Three One Two, and then I, I went to Europe, and then I came back and worked at Cutler and Co. So there was like a wasn't three years consecutively. It was like two. Oh no, it was probably I think it was like two years at two years at Three One Two almost, and then about a year and a half at Cutler and Co. Yeah, right. Was that like? Did you always want to go to, like, an Andrew McConnell restaurant when you started? You kind of cooking at like twenty two. 
like I'm just I'm just, I only ask because like when I started my apprenticeship at a cafe down in like Wollongong Shahaba you always have these kind of restaurants in mind oh, yeah, where yeah. like you're just you're on scrolling or reading books or like watching a bit of telly and you hear about these chefs and yeah. and they kind of pique your interest as to what well, kind of food you know Shannon Bennett was the guy that I and I did actually I worked at Vitamont but only for like six months as an apprentice it was, that that, was that'd have been sick though yeah yeah it was it was pretty pretty intense it was pretty wild that's same thing like that was the first so that was the first Vitamont which was just like a corner store in Carlton like oh right yeah, yeah, before he moved, moved to the city or Yeah, something. the Rialto or whatever. Well, yeah, he was in the Rialto, and then before that, he was in, um, he was in like, Little Collins Street or something. Really? Then, yeah, yeah. The one that he's in now is, like, the third Vitamon. But originally, it was just, like, a 45-seater on, on... It was on Drummond Street as well, actually, like, in Carlton, like, tiny little... Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, real dingy, like, bashed-up kitchen. Really? Yeah, That's yeah. That's yeah. so not what you think when you look at Vitamon now, like... Yeah, it's, cra- it's crazy how... Uh, yeah, whatever else, if, whether you like his cooking or anything else, like it's it's amazing what he's been able to achieve, like where he's been yeah. able to take it from, like what it was beautiful. to what it, what it is now. It's crazy. Yeah, like yeah, that and amazing. the Louis Bar, just like fucking yeah, insanely beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, it's it's an absolute pain in the ass to get to if you have no clue yeah. where you're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, I got yeah. so lost. Eh? <laughs> oh, I'm not I'm not kidding. Like the, the it's up. S- just keep going up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, even just getting where, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Oh, it was just so crazy. Like, I remember uh, being in Melbourne and, and and hearing about this bar, and I was like, "Oh, it looks kind of cool." It's like on a fifty fifth floor or whatever of this place. Yeah. And um, I mean, for anybody who doesn't know how to get there, I think it's a bit bit of an experience to be oh, like, "Oh yeah, totally." Yeah. Be like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like, yeah, how, yeah, it's pretty it? amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. But then it's like you, you get into this, walk into this building. It's like massive high walls. You know, you, like if you're a, yeah. if you're a chef, you're like this isn't because I feel out of place here. Like I'm gonna get duped, yeah. and um, and you walk down. It's like a scene from a movie, which is massive fucking like hallways, marble, and you got this tiny little desk over there that you have to like walk forever to get to, and then the lady gives you because like I mean I'm, I'm just, like I don't know I don't really dress fancy when you go out yeah. like I just I don't know I'm not made of money like you just yeah, have yeah. some jeans and a top, and like the lady gives you a bit of an up and down look like you don't. You don't look like you... And you, you think, I'm in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then she's all like, oh, after the Louis bar? She's like, for two? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, she like gives a little call up to, to see if they've got a spot. And she's like, yeah, come this way. And you walk to this elevator. But like, they've got three halls for the elevator. One's like 1 to 20, 21 to 40, and then 41 to 54 or whatever. And yeah. So I'm like, why am I walking down here? I need to get to 55. But obviously, there's another elevator. And obviously, you know what goes on here because they fucking do the button, open the door. There's no button in there for 55, and they just they're like, all right, they'll see you up top now. And they give you this beep, and you're like, yeah, it's all very like. It seems like it, I almost for a second thought that like we we're gonna go up to some rich person's BDSM lair, but they just <laughs> fucking throw you in there and, and pray to God you get out alive. That's what I was like, what the fuck? Like, how is this? What's going on here? Like. You'd say, imagine if the cops are like, you'd tell the cops, like, yeah, I went to this building, went to level 55, and then the <laughs> cops go there and it's like, there is no level 55. And it's like, this is, sounds like something from a movie you get kidnapped, you know? Yeah, it does have like... Beautiful, though. <laughs> beautiful experience. <laughs> Bond villain-esque vibes or yeah. something, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but it is beautiful. It is beautiful. But what, so, but Shannon Bennett, was he doing the same kind of food, though? Because the food of Voodoo oh, now... No. No. no, not even. No, no, no. I obviously this I know. was like... I mean, this is... This is 2002, like, this is a long... This right. Is, so this is, like, kind of post-Marco, British-French. 
Oh, right. That's very a, different. That's on the plate. Because obviously Hugh Allen's got his style now. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't eaten Hugh's food, but it looks amazing. It looks really, really good. But yeah. like, that's, this is like, yeah, very, very different. Yeah. Very different approach. But, but that was something that appealed to you, though. Well, yeah. Just like, I, I've always been... Funny that I should say this now that I work at a restaurant that does <laughs> Middle Eastern food for 200 people a day, but I've always loved those tiny little, like, the chef patron and the, with the white jackets and the white aprons and stuff like that. And I think that, that was always the appeal of Claude's here as well. So I worked at Claude's up here and it was always like, you know, it was just so different to everything else that's here. It really yep. feel, really felt like, felt like being in Europe, like. Yeah, right. The okay. brigade changing into the white aprons before service, like the whole thing. Like The structure feels nice. I think it, well, sometimes it, do, it doesn't. <laughs> sometimes it does not feel nice at all. But <laughs> yeah, I think I think just that, that kind of otherness appealed to me is that you have that kind of romantic idea of what a, of what a fine dining restaurant is. Right. That, that really like tied into what, you know, what I thought I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was kind of what drew. Yeah, yeah. And then Interlude was a lot like that as well. And even 312 was like, you know, there was like double, double masculine on the tables and stuff. Like it was, it was pretty, you know, all, all my training, all my training really was quite, quite European and quite formal. Is that why you wanted to head back over to, to Europe and cook a bit? Yeah, well, I, it, it's not it's not such a thing now, but like when I was a younger chef, that it was just the logical thing that you did. Yeah. Kind of after you finish your apprenticeship, you just went to you went to London or you went to England. Right. Least. I didn't go to London, but you went to you just went to the UK. It was just what you did. Oh right. Do you know what I mean? It was just like Yeah, sure. Just a really and then to the point where like it sounds crazy to think now because it's so different, but like you almost like didn't take people as seriously if they hadn't been to London. So if your head chef hadn't worked in, in the UK or or the equivalent of, like, you know, if they didn't have a Michelin star on their resume, that sort of stuff felt a lot more important then. Because this, like, this is, like, before Instagram and before the world's 50 best list and it's before, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you've got hats here and then you've got, you know you would go to the bookstore and buy a Michelin guide from the UK and yeah. like see who was good or something or you know you'd get Great Chefs of France the book and like flip through it and that's who's good like it's a very different time <laughs> in terms of like just in terms of thinking about like what's good and what's Joe, what's yeah, interesting yeah. and what's current and what's but did how many restaurants did you work at while you are over there? Uh, in England, yeah. just one, just the one. Yeah, so I, wor- I worked for Simon Rogan at Long Clune, yeah, right, up in Cumbria, which yeah. was that was really interesting and really good. And same thing, like so, like super hierarchical. So I'm not saying that right, hierarchical. More more so than here, and I think I think especially after working for a- Andrew was really good at kind of giving you enough rope to I think tie a bow or hang yourself, but like. <laughs> And then over there it's a little bit more like, you know, this is your section and this is your job and this is what you do. And yeah. Like, this is the recipe and like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, there, yeah, there yeah, just yeah. wasn't, there wasn't much. No, obviously not as stressful. Well, yeah, in a way it's more stressful because if you don't, 
any any deviation produces you know. yeah but was it a, it was in a small relatively small town yeah tiny yeah tiny so but it wasn't pumping out the same volume of covers but a couple of thousand people oh it was a destination though so it's it's like a it was still it was still busy because just was more like tourists a, or whatever yeah man. yeah and they had there's like a restaurant with rooms so oh right yeah you know people would stay the night and then they'd like a bray kind of yeah very similar vibe actually sure. to bray yeah yeah right so it's like and and the same like they've got their own farm and they do oh fuck really foraging and all that sort of shit yeah that'd have been heaps nice yeah it was it was if you're gonna pick any restaurant like that's got a, a few perks of like experience right there like yeah yeah and even living in Cumbria I mean yeah it's funny I talk to people now about it because like at the time there was almost nothing happening in London like which again <laughs> I'm, I'm just I think I'm just pointing out my age there was there was nowhere not nowhere but there was almost nowhere in London where you were thought where you thought like ah oh, yeah you know that guy's doing really interesting stuff or like oh like there was a couple of you know the library was there like the square hibiscus I suppose like but they're they're all pretty like formal places there's it's nothing like you look at London now and like all the stuff that's happening yeah and it looks unreal and you're like <laughs> have I been there <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know, 10, 10 or 15 years too early or something yeah yeah but look even just like the foraging aspect of, of, of that restaurant like yeah that's also a nice skill I think for chefs to learn and pick up at, at any point in their career or, or, or to incorporate into their cooking because it's it's still very primal that that yeah you know it's like cooking over fire like and yeah going out and picking your ingredients or whether it be mushrooms or whether it be like herbs or, or seaweeds or whatever it is or wherever you are like it's it's a very good skill for a chef to have because it, it really makes you think about coastal and the environment and and the nature yeah and how think, that affects the food on your plate instead think, of this whole tomatoes will be around all year round business like i think the best part about it is that yeah like you said it just kind of teaches you to open your eyes yeah like when you walk around and then once you see once you see you know what society garlic looks like on a plant you realize that it's every german you can't walk down the street. it's literally everywhere it's literally yeah, yeah, everywhere yeah. between like whatever september and you know, February, it's everywhere. So yeah. Like, well, yeah. What, what kind of things were you picking around there? Like, because obviously, what, yeah, like what kind of stuff are you picking? Just because so, like, I understand there are things that grow different around the world, so I'm wondering what, like, what were you picking? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't similar. There was like, some, a lot of the stuff is similar actually, like three-corner garlic and stuff like that. You see a little bit of that here. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of woodruff, like, there's mushrooms around there but generally like generally it was herbs that we picked because you couldn't you know you get like St. George's mushrooms or like things like that but like you you can like go out and pick enough for 45 people on a set menu because it's <laughs> every day like you literally just have somebody picking mushrooms all day and then yeah yeah right like it's yeah <laughs> no <laughs> So, but what? But obviously, you found like were you on the herb, the herbs and stuff? So, yeah, so like woodruff and Sicily and stuff like that were also the yeah stuff that I haven't seen before or even since. <laughs> was that something that like was that a skill that you ended up kind of taking with you to different venues, or you only kind of really used it there? 
Yeah, no, I don't. Th- it's not something that I do now. Yeah, right. But like, were you only going to be there in England for that set amount of time, or is it just that was the only kind of restaurant that piqued your interest there, and and whenever you felt like you were ready to go, then then you would go. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the that was probably the restaurant right. that did speak to me the most. To be honest, the the reason I ended up working there was I was backpacking through Europe, and I just there was probably like four or five places that did look interesting, and I sent them, I sent resumes out, and like. Like, I was backpacking through Europe and I ran out of money. I was like, okay, well, I better go and work. <laughs> I guess now when I go to England and start working again. And then, like, fired off resumes to four or five places. And I only got one response, and that was from Uncle Yeah, right. Like, yeah, you can start on Tuesday if you want to. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, get, chef. <laughs> get, the, get the easy jet flight over to wherever, right? like Liverpool or something, and then catch the train up. Yeah, and then it was after that when you came back. And was it Claude's? Was it the place you went to next? Oh, yeah. So I came back and worked at, worked at Colour & Co. again. Oh, so Colour & Co. Kate came back to work for Andrew. Oh, right. And then um, and then moved to Sydney to work at Claude's. That's right. Yeah, right. Was it uh, just missed the thrill of, of being in the shit again is why you went to Cutler? Just to, <laughs> well, just no, to feel like and, you're back in Australia. <laughs> Andrew said, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, open, I'm opening this place. Like, do you want to be the pastry chef? And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, sounds great. Well, sounds fun. I didn't... He's like, I want to put an apple terrain on, I swear. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. No, I, th- I think he kind of said... I, I kind of missed having the, the freedom to express my own ideas a little bit. Like, right. there, there, there was none of that when I was in the UK. And yeah, then, sure. And then it was like, you know, you can... Oh, do you want to come back and you know you have this degree of autonomy at this new restaurant and everything's going to be new and schmick and blah blah it's like oh yeah that, that does sound good <laughs> and sometimes it was and sometimes it wasn't but yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then oh, this is what I think so crazy is that like just the experience at Claude's seem like very much a, a a right place at the right time but also like a it would have been I can just imagine your head going through this after a few months just starting out as a chef CDP and then head chefing like oh god yeah that was that was pretty weird like, like I can just imagine like week after week and you're like how this is like just somehow falling into place and I'm just I'm just here I'm just working hard uh, just things are happening around me like there's no anticipation of being a sue or a head chef it just kind of yeah not at all not like, at all it just kind of <laughs> fell in my lap which yeah it was very lucky um, for a that's been around for decades you know yeah 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 um, yeah it was good it, that, it was amazing an amazing opportunity it was probably like you know if you do it again maybe you would be better off being being a sous chef for longer like the, right that like jumping up so quickly and then all of a sudden you know like and it's it's different because it Claude's was tiny like a tiny kitchen three or four people but suddenly you've got to like talk to suppliers about you know whatever prices and availability <laughs> and you've got to find chefs and find a kitchen hand and stuff like yeah, that yeah right stuff, stuff that you haven't really just haven't done before yeah sure especially if you haven't really spent any time as a sous chef Right, so like it was very, and you know you get you always get through it, but yeah maybe maybe it would have been a little bit smoother. <laughs> had had I spent you know 
Well, being that, but uh, and then <laughs> Chewy, Chewy was still in the kitchen, so it's not like it's not like I was just you know giving the keys to the car and said you know whatever, do whatever you want. Like, yeah, there was yeah, still yeah. there was still that like you know back and forth between. Yeah, I didn't have like free reign to do whatever I wanted. Yeah. yeah, but being the that being your first head chef gig, that yeah. would have been, I suppose, not only eye opening but also come with its fair share of moments where you're like. Like the just it's just natural process of learning and becoming a head chef where you look back and go even now if you probably look back and go, Fuck, I can't believe like found myself in that situation, I can't believe that happened and it just kind of oh, like yeah. a, like a Murphy's Law where everything it can go wrong will go wrong sometimes when you're when you're still learning, you know, when you're still beginning just, just running into this into this position. Like Yeah, yeah. I imagine totally. there would have been moments where you, you kinda of kick back and laugh. Yeah. I mean nothing nothing too crazy. It's just like I guess that's the thing I was saying as well is like when you haven't been the Sioux and you haven't because you know then you know you, you're not the head chef but there's days where you're in charge of the kitchen and shit goes wrong and you kind of you know the cool room breaks down and somebody's sick and somebody else cuts their finger and you're like I, I don't actually know what to do <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to resolve this issue yeah. you're so like don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> <laughs> it's very much very yeah. much that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. that attitude um, you just kind of have to make it through the night somehow because you yeah when you when you've just been doesn't matter how good you are on a section because it's always just like you know you just have to get you just have to get yourself over the line which you know you have to drag a couple of people with you or, yeah, yeah, yeah or there's someone else on the section who's really good and between the two of you you know you, you, know, you push this much and you can get it done like but when it's you know when it's when it's when there's the more moving parts there are I guess the more yeah potential for things to go wrong and then yeah if you if you don't if you haven't had that experience yeah right things things going wrong but you were saying it would have been a value had like you probably just stayed in that kind of sous chef a little bit not that you're not regretful that you didn't take on yeah, the yeah, yeah. chef role yeah, yeah obviously yeah because like, yeah. you, you're gonna do it at any point so yeah. you may as well just go for yeah, the leap. Yeah. But you're just saying because I, I talk about this all the time. Like when I talk to people who have become become a head chef, also just at a, like a relatively young age, when yeah. they just take it on at like 23, 24, and I'm always like, you know, that seems like a a big thing to take on. Whether yeah. you've been, you know, I, by that time as well, I was I was I was older, so I was, I was 30 because I'd started late. I was 30, and I'd been cooking for yeah eight years or something. So it's not like I was fresh face. Yeah, it does it does blow my mind people who like I remember Hugh Allen was like 24 or 25 when he Shannon was 24 when he opened Vudemont yeah and Eli Holland I remember was like 23 24 when he had the powder keg in Potts Point here as well yeah it's so crazy. it's like all these people just kind of just giving it a go, good go you know and it's, at 23 or 24 yeah it's, it's, it seems young it's like especially like I only started chefing at like 20 myself yeah, yeah, yeah. you know so it's it seems young but at the same time it's like when are you ever going to be ready for it like, yeah you just kind of have to I guess if you start you know, some people start when they're sixteen, which I think you did. Which is, I yeah, think, and yeah. then you, if you've been doing it for eight years, like maybe you do feel ready. Yeah, uh, I mean that's kind of where I was. So yeah, right. With the difference between just the difference was that I was, you know, thirty and not. Yeah, exactly. Twenty five. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not just like young and age, young, just kind of yeah. whether it be in, in, in career wise or whatever. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I just I think it's interesting because I feel like that's such a. It, it's very much like a, you have to be ready for that mindset because it can be overwhelming sometimes kind of mm. taking that responsibility especially whether it be your own restaurant at that yeah. age 
um, or just being a head chef of someone else owning it, you know? Like, yeah. it can be kind of overwhelming. So it's kind of good to see people giving it a crack. Like, even Anna as well at Old Fits. Like, I know she's not 24, but, like, yeah, yeah. just, to, to, like, her talking about just giving the first head chef role a crack, yeah. you know? And, and like, kind of, like her partner was like, you know, when will you ever feel ready? Like, yeah, you're yeah, going to learn it anyway, so just yeah, give it yeah, a go yeah. now. Like, yeah, yeah, get 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 the mistakes out of the way. And yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On somebody else's dime. Yeah. <laughs> That's my advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Just uh, say make, the first part and make, mute the second part. Make the, make the mistakes on somebody else's dime. <laughs> yeah, quote unquote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, then, because we even like we when we opened Moon Park, like it's like oh, you know, I've been a head chef now and I've been cooking for you know whatever it's been thirteen. 12 years whatever like yeah maybe I'll have a crack at opening my own place and like opened it and then once we opened I was like I have absolutely no fucking idea what I'm doing like, <laughs> like I have no idea I don't know like like we opened it with a friend of mine Ned and like he took care of all the front of house stuff which I still don't know how to like close the till at the end of the night or any <laughs> shit like that I've got no idea I can do like basic banking and stuff, but yeah, yeah we like three weeks in or something. It was like, oh, I think we definitely need a bookkeeper because no one, none of us know what we're doing. So <laughs> like, let's just hire someone who knows what they're doing for a couple of hours a week. But even obviously, that would have been. Uh, I just, I'm just imagining. I'm trying to like understand that feeling of of being ready to be like, you know, fuck it, like let's let's just do it. Like, I like own a place, you know, like own a restaurant because like like every kind of new experience whether you take on being a sous chef a head chef like they're all kind of had that similar feeling of a kind of exciting new journey they have no clue if you're going to be good enough for it or, or how it's going to go but you just kind of step into it you know and whether it be a sous yeah. chef at a young age or opening a restaurant at, at, at your age it's like it's, it's kind of cool and invigorating but also terrifying at the same time because like it's you very said, it's exciting like, it's very exciting I can see why people kind of you know like why does Justin keep opening restaurants? Like he's worth a billion dollars, <laughs> but they, you, they, they, you, there's a rush. It's to invigorating. It, you know? It's very, oh, 100%. very exciting. I can see why people just keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Getting a new place open, especially high. when they keep working, that'd be great. Yeah. When they don't work, that's a, that's a little bit more deflating. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I mean, don't remember I have bloody real estate. Well, yeah, that's, are they all that's, just they? Yeah, once you if you own the buildings, that's that's that's, that's like, like solitaire being a being a real estate company that happens to run restaurants yeah they yeah, yeah, can run it just like, a completely different yeah the restaurants that can just run it like yeah, yeah, yeah. on par that's yeah, it yeah. not even profit yeah oh, I'm sure they're profit I'm oh sure yeah, they, yeah 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 sure oh, as a whole business fine. yeah yeah yeah, yeah Maribel fine. they're, they're alright yeah um, and they got pubs with pogies and stuff and all oh um, man they, they, they got Justin will be okay he'll survive the pandemic he's fine yeah <laughs> Might drop I, I don't think ever that was might, ever a question. Might drop a couple of places on the Forbes list. Yeah, or something. yeah. <laughs> poor guy, poor guy. Yeah, I don't think everyone is. I don't well, think. No. I don't no, think there was no. ever going to be an article about how Mary has gone. Sell his second seaplane or something. He's doing it tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit! Sell a couple of loafers. Yeah, he's struggling. Um, but yeah, so let, let's talk about this Moon Park because that was around here as well, wasn't it? Around. Uh, Moon Park was in Redfern. And was then, it Redfern? Yeah. Right. And then after that, we opened Paperwork. That's was, what it was. That was just around the corner. Yeah, yeah. So what, like, t- tell us about this transition because, like, going, f- like, opening Moon Park, not only what, what that was like, but then Paperbird as well. Yeah. So 
Claude's, Claude's closed, and it was kind of, it was, you know, it was, it was a pretty big deal because it had been open for so long and it was stupid to say this about a tiny restaurant, but it was kind of iconic in its own way. Um, yeah, right. It was on the, like, when 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 Tui announced it was closing, it was it was on the front cover of the Sydney Morning Herald, which, it's like... Pretty big deal. Not, not many restaurants, you know, would get that get that attention. Yeah. And it was kind of... I did the big, like, four or five-month farewell thing. With. So I had a lot of time to think about, like, what do I want to do next? And Un and I had been talking for ages about, like, you know, could you do a Korean place in, in Sydney? And, you know, would people be interested? And... But we, and then we, so we opened Moon Park, but like, with literally no money, it was like maybe 60 or 70 grand that we spent on opening it. Yeah, right. Which like, if any, if anyone's ever opened a restaurant, then that's like, yeah, that's how, that, like, that's how much an exhaust costs. Like, that's, <laughs> that's like, that's how much, that's like your budget for the bathroom sinks or something. That's yeah, like, yeah. Like, well, yeah. I'm a, like, to put it in perspective, Nell said he, took out a 150k loan for Fennell's when he opened that oh that's pretty good so that's pretty good yeah, yeah. I mean I'm not sure if then necessarily that's also on the cheaper end of things but yeah that is that is that is I mean you know we so to put it put it into more perspective later on we were we got offered a space at Barangaroo and the kind of the kind of minimum that you'd we would have spent there was I think like 1.1 million <sighs> why we didn't do it because I didn't have <laughs> that's just like as soon as you get to the million you're like that's well and like land lease subsidise it and everything else but like that's still the, that's the the amount of money that it costs to open Fucking something hell. from scratch like if you if you just have an empty box and you want to do everything to look you know pristine well yeah just shmink enough that you know you're in an area like that yeah right and then you get these I don't know you do get these weird conversations now where like people are like oh you know you can't open a restaurant for less than $500,000 or something like that and I'm like well you can at the end of the day a restaurant's just a fucking room with a couple of chairs and tables yeah 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 it can be whatever like travel the world (laughs) yeah exactly you can eat delicious food yeah yeah you don't need to fucking it doesn't have to you don't have to have yeah like really it's about the experience read all glasses and stuff like that you don't have to have tornado chairs all those things are nice yeah (laughs) but no you definitely don't and and I think this is one interesting thing as well is that like I'm seeing a change where it's less and less about this like refined marble top white tile and and, and not not that it's never been the case but like I I think more restaurants now are, 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 are kind of appreciating the fact that it's like it's okay if things are don't match or if things are like in you, terms of the dining you say that but we were just talking about show house I think they'll always well yeah we're talking about show house no <laughs> I know I know there's always going to be a, there'll always be a place for that for that, people with money that sort of for that yeah. crowd yeah that, that crowd I guess but it's it's nice to think that it's not exclusively exclusively you know the yeah. privilege of people who can take out million dollar bank loans <laughs> like to open a restaurant yeah, I look. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it's nice seeing these city, or not city, like suburban style restaurants. Like like when I look at like Arthur, for example. Yeah. Like yeah. like that style. That that when I walked in here, I was like, this literally reminds me kind of like that similar style. It's like almost like a, it almost feels like a like a home. 
yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. that kind of vibe where it's like yeah, someone's yeah, kitchen quite, inside a house. Quite comfortable. Quite comfortable, yeah, yeah. And it's like yeah. that felt really nice. Yeah. Instead of it being like bougie, you can walk in and you can feel just bouginess. And it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh. It's, it makes you feel a bit, oh, it makes me feel a bit out of place. But yeah, I think it can be a bit intimidating. That, that, that's what I mean. Like, Voodamont's beautiful, but it's also like. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't feel like home. It doesn't feel like home. <laughs> Maybe it, feels, it feels. I, I grew up. I actually grew up on the fifty fourth floor of the Rialto, So it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I get. I get very nostalgic when I walk into yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, when you when you're walking in Shell House, you're yeah, like, ah, yeah. oh, kick kick your shoes yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Big Fed, give me a beer, buddy. I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll time to go to sleep. And he's like, get the fuck out of Ben. He probably says, "Who are you? <laughs> Who are you, mate?" Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, so like. What the Moon Park renovated being? Well, not I mean, light, lightly renovated, having to just fix up a few things. <laughs> yeah, so, so it was like a it was like a dive bar. Yeah, so there was we kind of had to paint. But even equipment as well wasn't it. too crazy. Just a few inductions, a yeah, thermo we, mix. Have you paid that off? The thermo mix. Yes, we've paid it off. <laughs> we've paid it off, and it still works. It so, still works. Money, money well paid. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's it. Is that why you have it on a long-term a long plan? Just so yeah, just in yeah. case it breaks in the first year, you're like, fuck that. Yeah. yeah. Just cancel that credit card and move on to the next one. Um, just keep the attachments. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For all the whisking. Um, yeah, it was like, it was like literally as, it was like as cheap as you could. So we bought like a couple of inductions from like, like the crappy came out ones that cost 40 bucks and yeah 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 like the little breville deep fryers and stuff i think we had two of those and like that was that was it no it had like i'm trying to think it didn't have a dishwasher actually we had to buy a dishwasher but like it it kind of had enough stuff that you could open you can you can make it make it happen yeah 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 and then you that's the other thing i think people doesn't once you're trading the money that comes in and out of a restaurant is way more than you would ever have individually as a person so like you can do you know what I mean you can buy a fridge <laughs> like if you've been trading for three months and you're busy you yeah. can you buy another service fridge or something you don't have to start everything like and be in debt yeah this yeah. idea yeah. that you know you have to personally borrow five hundred thousand dollars so and then when you open everything it's like perfect it's not I mean if you can do that that's that's great but, but you can also just wait and save yeah, yeah. and sit, you know buy things as oh shit we really need this let's go and buy whatever yeah 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 like we just bought another oven here because it was like it was too long <laughs> like too many things too many people at once too small an oven like, yeah 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 let's get another oven yeah you know <laughs> it would have made the last year easier if we just bought it from the start but also like you know now we've got it and it's fine but, yeah 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 you know. well I, I remember um to, to bring up Nell again but like even though he'd take, taken that loan and like prefer like kind of developed that whole kitchen down there they did like a soft opening for two days didn't have enough money to open up next week to pay his employees had to take out more money just oh, so well. he could just, yeah that's that's, yeah. that's bad planning <laughs> just to yeah, open yeah. up a trade to make enough money yeah, to yeah. pay his employees to then open up the following week so it's like and then you can, you'll make it happen. Like, you don't have to take out a stupid amount of money more than you need straight away. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You just take out a bit, bit, whatever you need, and kind of just figure out the rest. And yeah. now he's fucking refurbishing the whole place. He, Is he? Yeah, I just I keep seeing on, on, on Instagram, it's just like everything's being like torn down. It's just mental. Like, he's not just doing new tables and chairs. Like, 
ripping up floors, the like, bathroom just being knocked out. It's good crazy. On, good on him. Oh, it's just fucking insane. Like, good on him. Oh, he's just done all right. He's done all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He'll never bloody get a hat as long as good food guys are around after that. But it's very funny, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, no one, no one got a hat this year, so. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's fine. Yeah, we're all, we're yeah. all now this year. <laughs> Um, I've never understood why. I don't know how. I I've, I must admit I've never actually eaten there. So, <laughs> but there's some strange places get hats. So. Yeah, so you'd yeah. think it'd be. Oh no, there was there was a a, a bit sure of an issue between. Oh really? Him and, and the good food guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because they came in like who Pers- talked about it on the podcast. He was had a bit of a personal bit of a complaint about it. Little personal stuff. Yeah, because he was saying he's like you know he's like this is why I like Michelin better. He's like, you know, he's oh, like, they would never come in like six weeks after you've opened and we've got like Ikea plates and stuff because that's what they were using for customers just like plates from Ikea. When you talk about doing things on a budget, yeah, you know, yeah. just what he was doing. Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like the review they put out saying like, oh, I just wasn't like good enough all this sort of stuff after like like six weeks of being open. He's just like, and then he kind of had a bit of a word back at him on, on like me- media or whatever and then since then it was just kind of like a, yeah, they would just never say anything about Dell. <laughs> Bit of a reply guy, isn't he? It's so good. I he love is. it. I love it. He's always replying to his Google reviews and stuff from like It's so it's good it's good quality entertainment. Yeah. I yeah, gotta yeah. say, I love it. He's a funny yeah, guy. He's very funny. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> but it's true, but it's that same thing. It's no different to what you're yeah. saying. It's like, you know, he's he, he's no, six six weeks is generous now, isn't it? Is it? Oh, for your review, yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. I think the craziest one was A one. Because I think I think A1 opened on like a Tuesday and it was it was like oh no maybe it opened on like a Thursday and it was in the Tuesday paper not the week after but the week after that like it was in the paper like, really like less than two weeks later what do you mean like as like a Terry Durack yeah the Terry 20. Durack review really? was like came come out like less than I feel like or maybe it was less than three weeks but it was that's, I feel like that's it was pretty crazy two. he was there he was there on like the first or second day a Friday's review and scored it and it was it was in the paper like that's pretty insane. less than a fortnight after it just I don't know I just don't I don't really see he had an argument with John Gold actually Who? like Terry Durack so Did John he? you know Jonathan Gold like the the famous LA Times reviewer who I, passed I think away I, sadly but he's yeah. he's the only food re- reviewer to ever win a Michelin star like but not a Michelin star Pulitzer Prize Pulitzer Prize sorry he came out here for a, a good food month and he they had a little panel with him and Terry and they they actually like got a bit snippy at each other about like you know Terry's cause Terry's I think Terry's thing is like after six months nobody really cares anymore like it's not it's not new so like you, you you're reviewing places that are new because you that's what people are interested in and if you wait six months like yeah, you know, and he, he does have a point because, like, you know, then people have read about it in broadsheets and right. So if you do the review, then it's kind of in the hype of everything. Concrete playground, and there's so much, there's so much new media now that's that's covering places as soon as they open. So that if the Herald waits six months to review a place, they're a bit behind. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of you know people have that's not the place that people are interested in. People are they do get excited by new places. So I see his point. But then, like, <laughs> like coming in on the second and third day is like pretty wild. It's pretty. It just like if you've ever opened a restaurant, the first day or two is just it's just chaos. It's just <laughs> like, it just it doesn't matter how many times you do it. Is the amount of restaurants that I've opened 
is like six or seven, I think. And like every time, it's still just it's still just chaos. It just always is. It's just like I'm very exciting and energizing and everything else. But yeah, this idea that it's places are being even close to like the f- fully formed article is like crazy. But what? But Gould was was saying that. So Gold was saying like it's you, if you're reviewing a place and you in its first week you you're just a PR guy basically. <laughs> we, I don't think that went down very well. I don't think that was appreciated at all. But like that would have been hilarious. So did yeah, you, it was wait, pretty, did, did, you, wait, did you hear about the chat? Or did you watch the chat? Uh, Miffy told me because we did an event afterwards and like that would have been and and John, so good. John and Miffy came and they were kind of talking about it and I was like cool. <laughs> I wish I'd been to that. That sounds <laughs> two food reviewers having a bit of a go. That'd have been entertaining for the chefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd have been gold. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And like big boys as well, not like yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Obviously, you've probably never had that trouble at uh, at Paperbird or uh, when that when that opened, because that would have done the rounds with its with its media and, and the articles when it first opened. But oh yeah, same thing. Like we got reviewed. I don't know. First, first first or second I think we were open we opened lunches for a week or four days or something and then we opened dinners and then the first dinner that we were open they were in oh really so like, yeah 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 right so I'm saying six weeks is like generous that's generous yeah, yeah right 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 I know I think Siobo got reviewed on its first service I remember that fuck I think they've actually calmed down a little bit there was like <laughs> there was a time there when it was like as soon as the doors were open they were in and, and like that was your review and it's like it seems crazy yeah sense yeah it's, it's like being like a, a, like this aspiring actor and it's like your first role on broadway and you got yeah. the head honchos being like this is what i think of you and this is going to determine you for the next like six twelve months or whatever as an actor and it's like oh, it's kind of yeah give me a sec here like yeah this is my first time on stage kind of really taking it taking it here like yeah. you're watching my first performance <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know how important the herald review is now because there's so much other stuff do you know what I mean there's oh like, right there's like Instagram and everything else but oh, it yeah. used it used to be like it used to be a real make or break thing I think yeah like it used to yeah, be yeah. really really important like really kind of determine like you said the first six or twelve months like yeah could could, could could be determined by that review if it was if it was particularly good or particularly bad and I think after the past two years I think how they've had to change and adapt their model yeah they've kind of had to do what the other publishers have already been yeah, doing yeah. so yeah it's interesting and now like the guy the guy doesn't have scores and stuff like that yeah and so they're just writing good things about restaurants which is what the others yeah. are doing so it's like just more good things getting noticed so it's like cool yeah, yeah. so restaurants just keep on doing their thing now and they're like you know yeah. <laughs> like obviously but also like like i was having a discussion with somebody the other day and it's like there are a lot of chefs out there that work up in their career that do genuinely just aspire to want to hold that as something that they can do whether it be I have a hat or two hats or just do you know what I mean like like just because they've grown up in that where that's such a yeah I, a high accolade to hold that they want to be able to do that so now that they're in a so many head chefs that have been head chefs in the past year or two years are like yeah not I'm, even knowing if they're getting a hat or not like nothing yeah this. I, I like it's not important to me I, like if Ezra got a hat or didn't, I, I I probably wouldn't care, but I can say that because I've I've already been through that. And I've, I like I know I can if I wanted to I could do it. If yeah, I right. To, if I if I like 
okay, this year we're going to get ahead. I feel confident that I could, like, you know, maybe we'd have to, like, tighten bookings, like, at certain times and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Right. But, like, if you decide... People who say it doesn't matter at all are probably fooling themselves as well. Yeah. Like, it is... The validation's nice. It's yeah. nice to... <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, well done. <laughs> and then back to a slog enough for another 12 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you know, the, the party they throw is pretty good. The, when you go to the good food guide and you can, like, see everyone and, and get free beers and champagne and stuff. That's, that's a fun one. You feel like you've got uh, some memories you're, yeah, you you're flashing like, back on. feel like a big man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I I always get hammered, like, absolutely. <laughs> it's like my blowout every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the, wait? When was the last time you went to one? Did they have one? Oh, ages. Oh, really? Yeah, one for ages. Because like they didn't have one this year or last year. Yeah. And then the year before, I wasn't doing anything. So maybe like four years ago or something. Sure. At Paperbird. Because what Paperbird had a hat or two? Yeah, hats? yeah. Oh, just one. Just, just the one. one. Yeah, yeah. So Paperbird had a hat. And Moon Park had, had a hat. The, yeah, yeah. the first year they did the Australian Financial Review Top 100 was crazy. They like flew everyone to Melbourne and put them up at the Crown Towers. And then the, the swimming pool at the Crown Casino, they like covered with plexiglass and they had a stage and they had people walking around with like warm champagne. It was, it was so over the top. It was so wild. I, I got so drunk. <laughs> Didn't try and uh, break the plexiglass, are you? No, no, no. That would have been sick, but you would have been, like, getting smashed with a lot of your peers or people that you love in the industry, I see. Yeah, well, that's, that's like, the other... Yeah, cool, like, right? like, there's other people... Like, you've got friends there that you haven't seen for ages. Yeah. People. Like, it's, it's... You cross paths cool. with every now and then. Yeah, That would have cool. been fucking sick. I think that would have yeah, been the so best fun. part, you know? Yeah, Just that's, that is, like, yeah. You're like, fuck, like... Yeah, yeah. See Andrew and like, uh, like <laughs> start razzing him because I've had too much to drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wake up tomorrow and like, boy, I'm glad I don't work for that day anymore. <laughs> <laughs> do, well, like, do you have any kind of memories that kind of spark out about that? Because like that have been that sounds pretty fucking unbelievable. Going to a party like that, like that's just like I remember doing functions at bloody north side of was it Milton? It's just like the north side of the Sydney Bridge at like these bullshit fancy houses. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I'll never ever f- have any other reason to find myself in a place like this, but it's like crazy to experience. Like what, like the place that I did a function at had like an elevator for its three floors and like a, <laughs> and like a, a this yeah, nice, nice fucking car that was in a glass box as if it was like a toy car from Stuart Little. Oh, and I was wow. like, this is just what I mean. But I'm like, this is just fucking like unbelievable. Like, yeah, I actually I think I think that might be one of the things I like about cooking the most is going around and seeing shit you just a crazy fucking yeah. You like, just you know you never would ever, but yeah, because you're cooking, people are like, "Oh, you can cook food. Come and do it at this crazy ass place." Yeah. yeah. All right. Whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. Like um I did a function for Andrew at Anna Swartz's house once and that was Andrew and Murray Swartz who like like Anna's Anna owns like the Anna Swartz galleries and Maury Swartz is the guy who publishes the weekend the Saturday paper and yeah, yeah. has like and they've got this like house in house in um, Carlton that's pretty that's pretty next level just like art pieces everywhere and like none of the doors have handles because she hates handles and stuff so it's all like it's all like these giant it's crazy it's really really good what hold yeah, on yeah. a second the doors 
just, just like it's all like crazy flat surfaces and everything's made of zinc. It's it's like it's like being in an art installation. It was wild. It was wild. What, when you say Voodamon doesn't feel like home, for some people it probably does. I guess. <laughs> like it's probably Shell House is probably quite homely for some people. Yeah, yeah. That's probably what their bathroom looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's some other good ones. There was one. Um, I I was I was just helping out. Like, I was just a pair of pants. I'm not actually sure why I was there, but it was pretty funny. Like, helping out uh, Duncan Vogelmood and, and Annalise Gregory, who were doing... When they opened the... It was called, like, Airbnb Experiences or something. It was like, you could come to a city. I don't think anything really came of it, but it was like, you could go to a city. And um, the one I remember was, like, you could book to go to one of, like, Angie Hong's Monday night Hong dinners or something. Like, it wasn't just, like... So it was like Airbnb and you stay in a place, but you could also like, it's more like, oh, like stuff that only locals could know about. Like you could book on Airbnb and do yeah, it. Yeah. But nothing really happened of it. But for the opening, they flew Marco out to cook in this like fucking apartment in Mosman. It was like 12 people in an apartment in Mosman. Fuck. With like Marco, Duncan and Annalise cooking for like 14 people to, I guess, show like what you can do if you have enough money like <laughs> like, like 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 what how much would that have to pay to fly him oh, out fuck. like that is fucked uh, like yeah yeah stupid amounts of money man. you could probably buy a now for that sort of money <laughs> the restaurant or the person yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. you for sale now yeah um yeah 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 crazy and like yeah like just a head spinningly bizarre experience but like super cool very memorable that'd have been crazy yeah 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 very, very much so very much so but, but you said you had no idea how you found yourself in that position oh well I no I just I don't know what I was doing like I oh, was right. I was just helping out like Annalise was just like oh are you free on Tuesday or something can you help out at this function and I was like yeah sure sure yeah yeah Tell me where. No, like, oh, you know, it's 500 bucks. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. I can definitely help that for 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I'll, that's probably pretty similar to what Marco's getting. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't take a penny less than Marco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know who I am? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Oh, dude, man. I, I, I have to agree. Like, that's probably been one of the, the, the random perks. Are just these kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, crazy and just like just like i guess even just the 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 we've had like the celebrities and stuff coming at yellow as well just around pots yeah, point yeah, and it's yeah. like like any other job you just hospitality for some reason just has these strange yin and yang moments where for, for all the hecticness there's some really yeah you, you get a rush i think you get addicted to the rush i think that's why people still do it like yeah when you it is nice on your day off you really appreciate your day yeah, off even i'm i'm 40 and i'm still doing 60 hours a week or something 55 hours a week yeah yeah that's nice it's good but it just what keeps am, you active what am I doing this for but then you're like when you're not doing it you're like oh I kind of miss the the adrenaline and the excitement yeah. and stuff and like yeah you know. yeah 100% but like do, doing these events that just kind of add to that excitement yeah yeah you know yeah. kind of add to that like Whoa, like something new exciting like this is crazy like I, I don't believe it. you pinch yourself moment and it's like it's kind of cool all these little things like even if even seeing other chefs you admire come into your own restaurant or, or, or come in when, when you don't oh know. yeah that's always that's actually the most that's, that's the cool most, that, that's the most terrifying if it's someone like yeah like a chef that you really admire comes in yeah like, worse than a food review if you're sure oh, yeah, like. yeah, 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 yeah absolutely <laughs> which absolutely. is like so funny right because you know 
Yeah. Mark, be- Mark Best came in here and he sat right in front of the kitchen and I was like, what do you mean, like one of those tables? Yeah, yeah. No yeah, pressure, yeah, right? Yeah, like literally right in front of you, and you're like, and you're like, fuck, where are my chef whites? <laughs> like, go sit out in the backyard or something. <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> Stop staring. That's it so wasn't good. staring at all. I was staring at him, but like, still. <laughs> Have you had many other chefs that come in? You've had felt felt the same about just of all the restaurants, not necessarily just here. Oh, uh, not really. Cooking for Andrew was pretty stressful. <laughs> for like, oh, do you mean like for Andrew, like under him at yeah. the restaurant? No, no, like, so when, after I'd left and he came in. To, oh, right. Yeah, like he'd eat at Moon Park or, yeah, yeah. or something. That was always, that's always been weird. Does he start, give you those silent judge, judge eyes? Like, no, no. Better not fuck this up, mate. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Andrew's not like that. He's, he's a pretty short out guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still, it still feels weird. It still feels weird. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, it's pretty sick. There's, there's another, speaking of, like, cool things, like, helping out Annalise again. She got taken down to, the, to do a dessert at the World's 50 Best. Yeah. When I was in Melbourne, and I, I was just, I wasn't doing anything at the time. It was before, kind of in between Moon Park and Paperbird. So it was a pair of hands for a lot of people. And then, like, there was like this function on the beach for all the chefs on the 50 best list, basically. Like, they were all there, and they just come up and, like, try it. Yeah. It's like helping Kylie Kong cook scampi, and, like, Antonio Andres comes up with, like, the Rocket Brothers and stuff, and they're, like, staring at you while you're cooking. It's like, yeah, cool, cool. No, <laughs> no pressure at all, right? Cool, 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 <laughs> cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. I don't have any dirt on the menu, but uh, yeah, don't yeah, mean yeah. to disappoint you there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eric repairs walking past or something. Like, oh, shit, fuck. That'd have been sick. Yeah, it was unreal. It was cool. <laughs> it was cool. It was like, it was pretty wild. They're like, they are going to forget me as soon as they walk around. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't even driving. I was literally just, just the guy in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd have been sick, though. That'd have been cool. <laughs> um, but no, but I guess that kind of takes it from Paperbird to, to here. And I, I guess that kind of, to, to highlight that again, like, I guess when you say that you don't really care about, well, no, they don't care, but like, you don't really, wouldn't mind whether you got a hat or not. Like, it doesn't really matter, but because you've already been able to yeah, do that yeah, before, yeah. so that helps. But it is also kind of nice when you come to a place here, not only just not having the pressures of being the ownership of the restaurant, just head chef, but yeah. it's like, because you've done it before, like, you can just focus on making good food, delicious yeah. food, and being like, that's and also not striving guy, for a hat. Nick and Kirk here kind of said at the start, like, we're not, we're not super fast about that sort of thing. It, yeah. Like, if we get one, great, but that's not... Which is nice. It's not really what we want to do. Yeah. It's not really what we're attempting to yeah. open here. So, like, you know, obviously, if we get one, it's great, but, like, you know... But you can just focus on nice food, which is so much better to... Yeah, and just <laughs> and just and just trying to make something that people want to eat and yeah, yeah. enjoy, and even I don't know at the risk of sounding like every old man. It's nice to go out for a fancy meal. Yeah, like if I go out for a Tuesday, maybe I don't want to sit there for three and a half hours. Yeah, like, right. I just want to eat something tasty and go home and go back to bed or something. <laughs> 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 well. I'm going to finish on one, one question and um, I feel like it's a good summary or, or a question of reflection to give you a bit of humbleness or humility in, in, and with a kind of a career like yours that has taken you around the world but also around Australia, whether it be Sydney, Melbourne, at different venues and different style of restaurants, I feel like there should be a story you can pluck here 
but it's it's just a question based on uh, a, a joke or a topic of conversation that chefs may have when they, they're talking shit or bantering or just getting to know somebody and it just kind of comes up in conversation and I like it because it really helps throw you back into your into your yourself and, and go wow like I have come so far since then or how did I find myself there and it's the the, the question is when was the funniest or craziest time you found yourself most in the shit oh and I've had a lot of stories over the past season of people just throwing crazy stuff at me and you can have more than one if you really if you really can't decide which one was crazy but I feel like that's a good question to finish on if you've got a story you can share that reflecting. is a, that is a good one what's yours mine yeah uh okay I'll, I'll tell you mine uh I was working at a restaurant Cavo in Wollongong yeah yeah so it's, it's like a I, 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 the way I explain Kavo, if you don't know what it is, it's like a very small scale Orana. Yeah, where they're yeah, yeah. focusing on that. Have you heard of it? Or you know yeah, about yeah, it? yeah. Oh, okay, cool. All right, I don't have to explain it then. Um, yeah, and so I was, this is my first ever fine dining gig. I went from a cafe as an apprentice to this place as an apprentice. And they threw me on larder section just by myself doing three different menus, like vegetarian, vegan, regular. There were five snacks, two entrees, like, and you had yeah, the, yeah. it was just chaotic. Right, and this is me being a fresh-faced yeah, yeah. chef, and I was like, bit, loving bit it. Green, yeah, I was very green. Yeah, I didn't know shit about shit, you know. But I just, I was, I had the 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 passion, the motivation to just want to do it, however hard I was sinking, just to push harder, even though I was fucking sinking every day. But I was like, no, I can do this, I can do this. And I, I remember just seeing my head chefs there looking at me like, this kid's just like, <laughs> he's going down, but he's not giving up. And at this, they're like, fuck me, like it was so funny. Um, but with that restaurant, you had to forage for that restaurant as well. So, uh, like, whether it be nasturtiums, beach mustard, saltbush, all that you'd have to forage outside of work. And every night we had this this dish. Um, it was mackerel with walnut and rocket. That was the dish. And so they would get the mackerel. The head chef would do all the the, yeah. fi- the fish cleaning, and he would get but he would get ocean water and reduce that down to make salt. And then they would cure that mackerel in that salt. Yeah. And then you'd cut it into cubes and then you'd juice rocket, uh, the fucking chestnut, and then five pieces of cured mackerel. And they all had to have the same size nasturtium on oh, each. Yeah. But you'd have to go and pick that. Yeah. And they'd yeah. all have to be the same size. So five per person. So if you had 60, you'd have to go get like 300 of the same Sorry. size just for one night, right? Which we only, like, we really have had 60. Yeah. It would be all on Saturday. Yeah, you know and they didn't do lunch I, th- I don't think yeah they rarely ever did lunch so if we would do maybe 30 covers during the week 60 on Saturday yeah. and I think we'll shut Sundays um, but even still like every day you'd have to go out and pick the same you know yeah, so when you do this for weeks upon weeks you need to find a new patch yeah, yeah, yeah. that's going to have enough and get the same size all the time and uh, there was one night on a Saturday uh, it was like almost there in the second sitting and I realised I wasn't going to have enough nasturtiums now at this place, the they weren't the type to go. It's fine, we yeah, can make yeah. it do. He, he turns to me and says, well, "What are you going to do about it?" <laughs> and I was like, "I guess I'll go pick more." <laughs> and he's like, well, "You better hurry up." And no shit, I had to go run around the streets of Wollongong. And this, he's like, he was on Jesus. pastry, yeah. And he just like, and he just was like, "I'll get your plates ready." He's like, "You better be back by the time this plate's ready to go." And I was like. I took my apron and threw it and I fucking just started running at night time. This is like 8 yeah, or 9 yeah. o'clock with my fucking phone torch being like, 
there must be a garden somewhere that I'm going to have to uh, fucking urban pick. And I was bolting around the streets, I shit you not, and I was like, this is the most stressful I've ever been in my life, like, running. And I eventually found this fucking patch, like, three streets away. <laughs> and I was like, this, this is it. And I had to get my phone to get the right size nasturtium. I was like, if there's going to be any time, I didn't give a fuck about size. But I had yeah, to, yeah. And I was, I was running and I was running and I was, like, trying to pick enough. And I'm like, fuck, how many plates do I have left? Do I have enough? Because I'm going to, like, overpick. Yeah, yeah. And fuck me. And I was just running around with these nasturtiums. And I ran back in the kitchen. And I was like, I, eventually, I got it done. But, like, it was genuinely the most terrifying I think I'd ever felt. And I was like, can't believe. Yeah. And then we all wonder why people don't finish their apprenticeship. <laughs> Like, how does your work, honey? It's, like, like, it's three years of psychological torture. <sighs> everyone be, decides to become an electrician instead. Like, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, I, that, that's, that's definitely... Yeah. That's definitely fucked. That's one of them for sure. Yeah. I think... I remember... I remember there was one service... The first night at 312 where we went... We did... Started doing all... All... Tasting menus on a Saturday night. Yeah. And, and the kitchen hand called in sick... So there's no no KP and that was that was a that was a car crash that was terrible. Like everybody ran out of food. There was no dishes. There was no plates. Like you'd finally like get get it get something ready to send, and the waiter's like, "Well, I can't take it. There's no there's no cutlery to set the table with." <laughs> that was just like that was that was like the most out of control I've ever seen a service. Where you just like far out. Like this is. We're gonna be here forever. Yeah, Holland's like, is gonna be pretty nice. Like the last, the last table is gonna be eating dessert at like six o'clock in the fucking morning. <laughs> that was, that was, that was the most out of control I think I've ever seen a service. Yeah, um, right. It was just like wild, just like people, people trying to like puree a soup while they plated something out. It's just. While washing cutlery and stuff like that, that was that was that was chaos. The importance of kitchen hands—you just can't overstate it, can you? Oh man! Even now, more than ever. Oh yeah, yeah. We just had a—we literally just had a kitchen hand, and um, and he, he had to be out uh, over COVID, and like literally when the, the when the chef was like, "Oh, he's got to isolate or whatever, close contact," and the owner was just like, "Yeah, now we have to close." <laughs> 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 and it was just like, all right, cool. Got a team of chefs. Is that now? Nah, you don't. They're, they're pretty important. Let's not yeah, underplay yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so yeah. funny. When I was the first year at Voodoo Mondo, I had to cover the kitchen hand for a week while he was renovating his patio or something. Like I've never, never worked harder in my life. <laughs> it's crazy, huh? It's, it's so it's such a hard job. Such oh, hard like job. I always say this. I'm like, man, like I feel like every chef should just just do it for for, yeah, for yeah. a week or two weeks. Say so, like. Because I hate... Nothing I hate more than chefs who just, like, really down-talk KPs. Yeah, like, yeah, You know, and it's like, just fucking shut up. Like, work, they work hard. Like, yeah, like just because they're not doing the same skill level doesn't mean they don't work hard. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, I hate it. Like... Because I, I started out as a fucking dishy at that cafe before I was an apprentice. Yeah, I started out as a kitchen hand at the pancake parlor. Yeah. That's my first... first yeah, and there you go. Job. And as soon as you know, like, as soon as you know that, yeah, yeah, you just like every position you're at from there. It's like you've really started at like n- not even the bottom because I wouldn't even say that they're unimportant as the bottom. But like, yeah, when yeah, you talk yeah. about the bottom to the top in terms of position hierarchy, like, yeah, you really appreciate every fucking just, role. Just the optics. Just the, <laughs> <laughs> just the optics. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kitchen hand head chef. Oh, it's good, but uh, 
Yeah, and especially if you're a KP and, and you're working the one day where the dishwasher's out and it's broken, and then you're like, that's a... Also, you're owning the shit moment there. Yeah, Because that's yeah. fun. That's some fun shit you don't forget. Yeah, big time. Big but, time. yeah, anyway, well, I appreciate that. That was, uh, that was good. Thanks yeah. so much for coming on. Fucking no having worries. a bit of a laugh. Thanks for having me. Very Bloody fun. hell. Well, Very I hope good. your uh, new year goes all right. And I know you're going to be open soon, so... It's going to be interesting. Here's it's going to be interesting. Don't know... Don't really know what we're coming back to, do we? Twenty thousand cases a day. That's hard to say. It'd be very, very strange. <laughs> anyway, I've better let you go. So thanks for that. Appreciate it. No Fuck yeah. Easy. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please follow or leave a review at wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also check out the new website over at rootshospitality.com.au. Be sure to subscribe to hear about the latest guest, new behind the lens photos, and much more. Cheers.